Welcome back to the Rice and Slice Golf Show Podcast. My name is Theo, gentleman wearing Sunday red. Wait, Tiger Red? Sunday Red? My mind stopped. <laughs> Sunday Red is changing, man. Guys, welcome back. First episode of 2024. Officially episode 62. First episode of 2024. Welcome back. I hope we're doing this correctly. I hope the mics are working. I hope the cameras are working properly. What is going on? Welcome. Chenji. Hello. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Happy Year, New everyone Year. out there listening, watching, um, vibing. Happy New Year, Theo. Thank you, man. I haven't seen you in ages. Yes. Miss you, man. I miss you, too. Um, hope you had a good Christmas. It was okay. Um, you definitely had a better time than I did. You 100% had a better time than I did. Please tell us Please tell us what you got up to, Chenji. Uh, winter golf, also known as skiing. So, you know, you know those golfers that spend their days on the golf course in the summer. Yeah. What do they do in the winter? They just go to the mountains. And um, funny enough, actually, I don't know if I mentioned this last year because I went, when I went skiing last year, mm. um, and that was in like France, in Cushwell, there was this, there's basically like this hotel. I was up this, um, I was up this uh, lift, ski lift, yeah? And I was in this little cabin with uh, with a lady, and uh, who turned I mean who turned out to be from London as well, and um, said that uh, she's a golfer too. So obviously got ch- we got chatting a bit, like you know she's a skier, she's a golfer, and actually she like and you know, told me actually if you look on the right side, um, from the uh, from the lift right, you see though like like a you know, little slope in there right, that's actually a golf course but covered in snow. No so way. So in the wind, so in the winter. Right, it's basically like you know one of the slopes you can ski through, like on the way to the hotel. <laughs> That's pretty and cool. And then when every when everything like doors, yeah, it becomes a it's a nine hole golf course. And That's pretty cool. People go play there in the summer. That makes like, sense. Like I've never, like you know how we always go to the. I mean, we we kind of like you know play in the links, um, you know, play by the sea. Yeah, That's, like super cool. But I tell you what, I really want to play in the proper mountains, like you know, in Switzerland. Um, you know, in France and the Alps, there's loads of these kind of like, you know, courses in the valleys. Yeah. Where literally like, you know, as you're hitting a drive, for example, you can literally see this like huge mountain range. Yeah. Right as your backdrop looks super sick. I bet you there's more golf courses embedded, embedded in like ski resorts than what you actually think. Because it would make 100%. so much sense. Because it's just all, all open fields with like trees all around. That would make so much sense to have golf courses. And it's business opportunity. You can make money in the winter. You can make money in the summer, right? So exactly. I'm, so I'm sure. So actually, like I thought, I was joking by saying skiing is winter golf, but actually, in a way, if you like skiing through, like a well, summertime listen, golf. Listen, course. yes, but <laughs> anything you do in the winter that's not golf is considered as winter golf. From darts to paddle to I, I don't know what yes. else. Badminton. What what other sports have we tried to play? Uh, I don't know. Spin uh, classes. You know, it's it's, um, it's it's all considered winter golf. So it's just it's going just to the gym. Going to the gym. I don't know if that counts as winter golf. <laughs> but, but, but but you know. But also, like speaking of winter golf, did you see? Like, I mean, I think I, I think they released like last year or something. But you know, like there's an episode um, about Ludwig Orberg playing back home in like Sweden in the winter. Okay, like, I haven't seen at this his, at his home club. So basically, like, I think it was either Golf Digest or like PGA Tour production. I don't know, like, which one ever it was, but it's on like their Instagram, right? And um, basically, like, you know, it follows Ludwig Orberg back in his home club in Sweden That's in the winter. Cool. So when he would go back in the winter, right, he would keep on playing. Now, bearing in mind everything is frozen and yeah. everything is covered in snow, he yeah. literally has a broom in his carry bag. Yeah. No way. So 
and uh, you know basically like it, it went on the green he he basically just brooms like the tre- like the the line um just basically gets rid of the, all the snow or the powder that is absolutely and then starts mental. putting right i'm going to try and, and find uh, here's the killer here is the killer guess what color ball he uses don't say white he's using a white ball no. mate watch that video like Ludwig, you know like i mean obviously these guys are so good Ludwig Orberg, you know, Sweden winter golf. golf, Sweden. I'll find it. Oh, I'll find it. I'll find it. Right now, now it's not the time, but uh, yeah, but it's like it's super sick. Like you know, like imagine you're you're this good to play with a white ball in a snow-covered golf course, bringing with you like a broom so you can sweep away the snow and I've then just it. keep I'm, on playing. I'm, I'm literally watching the video right now, dude. It's, it's crazy. Frozen. How are you playing yeah, exactly. with a white ball over snow? <laughs> like, I don't know how you're playing with a white ball over snow, man. How do you even find that? Dude, there's it's, no it's way. It's actually crazy. There's and, like six you know, inches I, like, of snow when, on the green. I think the interviewer was like, oh, so what do you find the most difficult about, like, you know, playing in the winter here? And then, you know, you would think, like, you know, trying He's to find c- the ball. But he says, no, it's actually, the, like, the hardest thing, I think, it's uh, trying to tee it up with the tees because the ground is frozen and I can't, Dude, you know, tee it up. That's <laughs> how you know you're so good that you play <laughs> in the snow. You know. I'm so good at golf that I can play in the snow with a white ball and not lose it. That is the biggest flex that you Huge. can possibly like that. That's incredible, dude. It's literally like three inches of snow, and he's just like yeah. playing. And I don't know, man. Do you reckon it's like good practice for like uh, bunker shots? Snow. Yeah, but he says it's like easier than bunker shots because you know it obviously doesn't spin much, right? Like you know, it just basically like flows through, and it's uh well, yeah, you got to pick it perfectly, and it's pretty cool. It's mad, right? Because I snow is like it's it's a lot more. Um, it's not dense. What's the word I'm looking for? Like light. It's a lot lighter than sand. Mm. So I bet there's a pretty, it's a pretty nice feeling. Oh, I bet it is. Hitting should, a ball that's actually, on the snow. That's a that's a good idea. We should like shoot some videos about it. Like shooting shooting some balls in the snow. I think it would be quite satisfying because you just like that crunch. It's just gonna be ball, nothing else. I don't know. But like that's, find that's really an cool. empty farmer's field or something like that, you know, and then just literally go out there and hit some balls when it snows. Un- yeah, until you hit it and then you realize that underneath it's not actually grass, but it's rocks or, oh, I don't God. know, a tree trunk. And then you end up snapping the- your clubs. There goes there goes that, you know, lovely brand new T-150s you got fitted for, T-200s you got fitted for. Yeah, they're gone. <laughs> Finished. Yeah, it's mad. Um, oh, I've yeah. got, here's a question just completely off the top back of that. You know, like if you're playing a, like a random round on a, on a Sunday and you've got a ball and let's say it's behind a tree, but you can kind of hit the ball f- straight and get it back in play. Would you go for it and risk snapping a club or damaging your club? Or would you, um, I don't know, like hit it out and just lose a shot and whatever? Now, look, if it's a, if it's a competitive round, as in like it's a, it's a club comp or... Yeah. Like Something a big, like that, big cl- right? club comp. Like a like a big comp. Yeah. I would just basically like you know hit it out. I'm not gonna risk it. I'm not that rich. I don't get free clubs. Yeah. Um, definitely. Like I'm not gonna hit like hero swing. And knowing that I'm not gonna be good enough anyway. Even in the best case scenario, I'd be maybe fifty foot, fifty yards closer. But I'm not gonna be on the green, right? Like I can't be like this PGA Tour pro. So makes zero sense. Yeah. If it's like if it's like a friendly round, we're playing with friends. I just tell them 
just gonna I'm just gonna kick it out a little bit so I can have a full swing without breaking the club. And, I completely you know, agree if, with you. If if somebody like does the same thing, I'm just like, yeah, go for it. Like I've got no who cares? Like, no drama. Who yeah. cares? Like you know, hit your swing because you know I don't want you to you know feel bad by losing a club just because you got unlucky and st- got stuck right under the tree. I, so, I, um, I mean, I think some people will say like you know, oh, that's not the game of golf. It's all nah. about you know, play it as it lies. No. But you know, look, you know, nah. you're playing some rounds with friends. You know, you want to like exactly wanna have a good time. There's no like Last you know, it is competitive. Is to having a great time and then end up slapping a club. No, no, no. I completely agree with you. I I would not even like as a joke. I might say, oh, that's a two shot penalty or whatever. But there's no (laughs) way I'm going to implement that. There's no way. And I would even like on um, on Sunday we were playing golf and that this actually happened, but not to me, to somebody else. And I was like, dude, just kick it out. I don't care. He goes, but it's a penalty. Like it's just us. There's no competition. We're just out to have a good time. You're not risking. Snapping your club for you to just hit a, a, a shot that, that might not even work out and it might, might end up going 50 yards anyway. So just, exactly. it's fine. Just get back, just kick it out. Either, you know, play it as it lies, but don't play it properly. Just kind of play it out towards the fairway or just kick it out. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. Um, I've got a, another friend. He actually carries, um, and a, 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 I think it's either a pitching wedge or a four iron, which is obviously night and day. But he carries, let's say it's a pitching wedge. He carries this pitching wedge. It's his first ever pitching wedge that, that he got like 10 years ago, whatever. And he doesn't care about it. And he has that as a little rescue club. So if he is behind a tree mm. or whatever, he's like, this is the club I'm going to use because I can try and, and hit it and actually get back in play. And if I do uh, hit a tree and I snap the club, I don't care because it's an old crappy club. So I've you know I've got nothing to lose. It is what it is. Like it's just in my bag for the but for this kind of occasion. Like I wouldn't use it for anything else. I'm like, yeah. Well, that just feels like that feels like an, a waste of like extra weight. I mean, like even if you don't need I mean, if, if you have every single gapping, I mean, obviously you waste like you know one club on something that's like kind of random. Yeah. And, um, I agree. I agree. And, and it's like, like how many how many times in one year are you actually going to use that club for that specific purpose? I get it. But then again... And plus, you know, like those old clubs as well, they're going to be heavy on the top. You know, they yeah. might be like, you know, they're not going to be the same club as you normally swing. Oh, so no it's very likely that when you do get into that kind of situation and trying to like, you know, hit a hit an absolute like, you know, worldy of a shot... It's you, actually not going to work you, out. You, you miss the ball because, you know, you don't know how to swing that particular club because it's so very different compared to your usual clubs that you use i agree i know i agree but it's just one of those things hey, but like, you know whatever whatever floats your boat whatever exactly. makes you comfortable exactly you know, we're I mean, here for a good times so. he he doesn't um i don't know he i don't he doesn't he doesn't really even, even really have a full bag of clubs anyway so he's like that one mm. extra club like he's not really good i mean saying that dude you carry two pitching wedges so <laughs> so it's like we're going so far away like oh well that's extra extra weight you literally well, carry no. two pitching wedges yeah because they have different lofts <laughs> one pitching wedge is 43 degrees and one pitching wedge is 48 degrees uh, that 48 degree well, wedge is fair actually enough. a gap wedge so it should be called the gap but, uh, gap, but my gap but my gap wedge is 54 degrees but no no but but that's a wedge that's not a gap wedge that's like a but like what, one below a sandwich but what's my 58 degree then? That, that's your sandwich. <laughs> Wait, have you got a lob wedge? No, I mean, I don't have so any. So that's your lob wedge. So 50, 58 is your lob my, wedge. Exactly. My 58 is my lob wedge. My 54 is my sand wedge. My 52 is my gap wedge. And my 48 <laughs> is my pitching wedge. But, and but, my 43 is my 
Pitch and wedge. Is your nine and a half club? Is it your nine and a half iron? Is is my nine nine and a half? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's yeah. pretty good. Well, I sh- here's a here's a question. Like, because you, know, you mentioned, like, um, you know, your friend having that one club that he's his first four iron or something like that. What happened to your first ever set of clubs? I have them. Uh, that I, yeah, I have them in the attic, and it's funny because no I I recorded a video the other day and to send to the group chat. Like, guys, I'm thinking about opening a, a pro shop. What do you guys think? I have seven golf bags. I don't need seven golf bags. Seven. Seven and two of them I got over Christmas. One I got, I bought myself a, like a tightless carry bag because the one that I was currently using was really, I had a Callaway carry bag. It was really heavy to the point where it was so heavy because I was so oblivious. This was my first ever carry bag. I bought from Costco actually with the set of Costco clubs and I've, and I've always had this carry bag. So your, your, your first ever clubs were Costco no. Callaway edges? No, no, they weren't. My first ever clubs I bought from eBay for twenty-seven pounds, from a from a, a a guy's son that he passed away, and they were just selling off off all his stuff. I got a bag, fourteen clubs, tees, gloves, balls, everything that you could possibly need to start golf for twenty-seven pounds, and it was, it was amazing. And honestly, they're like early nineties Wilson clubs. The grip is literally leather. Like in the winter, you cannot hit these clubs. Like the shock generated from the club head just goes through your body and like starts from your toes and moves all the way up to your like to to, to your head. It's just this horrible feeling of like, oh my god. Like, and I'm I'm sure there's a bunch of people out there listening that know exactly the same, like what feeling I'm talking about. Only 100%. when you scored you know your first shot of the day in the driving range in the freezing cold you know that feeling that goes that just rushes through your hands horrible yeah. but i still have those clubs um no i still have them yeah and I, I ended up i bought a carry bag a tightless carry bag which is lighter and i thought that all carry bags weighed the same not the same but similar and i was like this cost this uh, callaway carry bag is like quite heavy and to the point where I would choose not to play golf if I had to carry a bag because I was like, I can't, man. It's it was like twenty kilos. I'm like, I can't. It's and everyone everyone was like, what are you moaning about? Just carry. Just it's fine. It's not that bad. Until and I thought it was like, you know, it's just heavy. Until I bought this new tightless bag and now I'm like, mate, I can carry all throughout summer, no problem. Because it's such a light, you know, bag. It's it's easy. It's like a little backpack. It's it's nice. And my wife yeah. bought me a, a new. Uh, a staff bag, a new um, trolley bag, tightless trolley. Tight- mm. So that's in the attic, brand spanking new, not even used again. I'm going to take it out in the summer. And I've got a bunch of clubs. I've got, I've got a bag, a golf bag that's just wedges, dude. I've got like literally a sand wedge, a pitching wedge, uh, two lob wedges, a couple of like gap wedges. It's, it's there's like eight clubs that are just wedges, and I, I can't bring myself to sell them. I have uh, my old pink uh, G420. No, G410 mm-hmm. uh, driver up, up there. There's there's like three sets of clubs. I gen- wait. So you've never sold a single like single club? No. Well, I sold the, uh, my th- uh, like the putter. Like you sold the putters. I know that. Like but- I sold the putter. Then I went and bought a different <laughs> different putter. But I, I I had a three wood a, a G4 a ping G425 three wood that I sold to buy a five hybrid, and I don't have a three wood in, in my bag now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've literally sold maybe two clubs a three wood and, mm. and a putter i don't remember any other clubs that i've sold 
But I don't think I have. you know why I asked this question as well, right? Like because um, so I kind of want to ask you the question, like you know, every single golf club and the model that you've ever owned, right, mm-hmm. and how much they costed you, because um, we were like obviously like last episode we we talked about how much money you spent last year on golf, but yeah. like you know, let's kind of look back to the very beginning, how much you were spending like in the initial like you know just a set of clubs, because um, so when I so today I was like I was I was actually like renewing my visa, so I was like trying to apply for visas and then ask you like what times you were away. Right, like you know, from away from the UK. So I was like, oh my god, I've been away for like bloody Half like hundred times. Yeah, and like and it it, it needs like you need to know the date where you left, the date where you came in on on so every single like, trip. Know, on every single trip. Oh, so wow. of so what I do, I get on my like Google Photos, and then I just like look at all the photos, right, and see like okay, you know, literally like day day by day, week by week, and I look yeah. like okay, okay, I was away that week, I was away that week. Yeah, but then obviously like you know, I get to see all the golf like literally since 2009 like 20 when i first swung a swing and i got to see like all the videos that i took of myself all the swings and yeah. i'm like looking at myself people as i was like looking for my travel sort of date and, and then and i was then also you... looking at the golf videos yeah and i was like that looks disgusting Genji. Yeah. <laughs> like, and imagine in and 10 years it was time a bit cringy. or five years time yeah for sure for yeah. sure like and then and then i was looking at what are those clubs man like yeah. and i was looking at it, it was like oh my god i can't believe i own these clubs yeah, yeah, and yeah. um so my first ever set of clubs were like at like some random local pro shop, right? And I said, I've never played golf before. What's the cheapest stuff you can give me? Like, I just want to like, you know, I've got like a hundred pounds I want to blow. And you know, what can you get me? Yeah. So he got me like these bunch of pretty new looking, but they are obviously used like Dunlop, like yeah. Dunlop irons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, super heavy, man. Like yeah. now th- looking, like thinking back, they were super, super heavy. But it was like nine clubs for like 50 pounds. That yeah. is very good. That is very cheap. That is, and it, it's quite new. It's not like, you know, the grips were like leather. They were all like, you know, yeah. rubber, like rubber. And uh, they, like, they looked perfectly fine. And then scavenged this like brand new Slazenger carry bag. Yeah. yeah. For like 25 pounds. Um, gave me like three really old, like, you know, Callaway Warbird, um, like um, woods, like yeah. fairway woods. And the driver, which like it was ten pounds each, and there I had like you know for basically like a hundred and twenty pounds, I had a, a whole bag, bag, like a whole like set of irons, like three three fairway woods, including the driver, and uh, well no wedges because that was part of the, the like the irons, and um, so yeah that's those were, those were my first set of clubs, and then you know as I was slowly getting addicted into this whole thing, I was like you know going on eBay, to eBay. I was going on oh. to Gumtree, going on to like Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, that's dangerous remember, places, like, man. Dangerous. That dangerous was super places. dangerous, dude. Yeah. At one point, I was looking back and I'm like throughout COVID, basically, like yeah. tw- like I was I was kind of like a club dealer. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would remember. buy and sell. I, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I was I would literally like you know go out there and look at the clubs and I'm like I, th- I was looking I at these pictures. It's quite fun. It's very, very interesting. Like the like three, four days ago, Stell messaged me uh, a link on eBay about these 2017 P790s and he's thinking about getting them. And I'm like, dude, no. Like if you're going to buy any clubs, get the P7, the 2019 P790s. 2017, they don't look as no, nice. They, they look a lot yeah. older than what they actually are. Like if you're going to buy P790, get the 2019 ones because they're still unbelievable golf clubs. They look new, yeah. Yeah, That's so right. then... Obviously, I go down the rabbit hole and I'm on eBay looking at P790s. I'm like, oh, I really want to get a set of these clubs and just keep them. Oh, my God. And then, I, and then from there, I'm going to like Nike drivers 
Nike putters, Nike, and I'm like, oh, oh my god! I man. had one of those, dude. I had a Nike driver, yeah, and I bought for some like, and I don't know where I even got that from. I literally forgot where I got that from, and then it didn't come with a head cover, so I had to scavenge on eBay for like a head cover that matched its thing, right? So it was one of those like, you know, removable cores. It looked like a battery, and it was like a pretty sick looking thing. It's got the vapor fly or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but like it was, they had the thing with the adjustable thing inside, yeah. so you couldn't really find. I mean, I couldn't find it anywhere on eBay. And I paid something like, I don't know, like 80 pounds for it when I sold it for 200 pounds because it was like so special. That's what I mean. Stell actually has no way. I just Googled. Wow. Okay. Stell, I, I don't even think Stell knows this. He has a what? Nike Vaporfly driver. Yeah. Oh, he said, he said tour head. Right. He, yeah, he has one. And I'm like, dude. If you if you ever want to give me a birthday present or a Christmas present, please, please give me, give me this driver. He's like, no, no, no. He almost sold it. He almost like sold it to like to somebody or whatever. And I just googled it now. Nike Vapor Vaporfly Pro Pro Driver uh, Oven Tour Head Plus dot, dot stamped. I don't even know. Like I think it's a I don't know. Dude, it's five hundred and seventy two pounds. That's crazy. There's another one here, Nike Japan version, blue vapor fly, uh, vapor fly, 300 pounds. Dude, I bet you Stell doesn't even know how much these go for. I will say though, like they look pretty good. It's just, it's not about looking good. It's the nostalgia, is the, Seriously. you literally own a piece of golf history. 100%. That's why um, I would I would want this. Dude, this, this one that I'm looking at right now, I don't know if you're looking at the same one. It's beat up to death there's scratches everywhere on the on the bottom on the flat face on everything and it's 570 pounds and it, 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 if that's great from japan wow. that is actually mental sorry if you can hear tiger in the background uh, uh, barking that's that's uh he's gone a bit crazy lately but that's mental but yeah i said to Stel, all, all i want is for you to just give me this uh piece of history but i don't think it will i don't think it will Anyway, speaking of yeah, so piece of history. Good times. Good times. Speaking of piece of history and Nike and, and all this, breaking news Ooh. that broke out today on the, on the day that we're actually recording, Monday the 8th of January. Tiger Woods. Uh, Tiger Woods? Tiger Woods and Nike mutually agree to go their separate ways after 27 years together. So many news. things. So many things to unpack. I mean, it only this is so fresh. There's not really much gossip going around the internet, and but within you know a few days, few weeks, there's going to be a, a lot of um, I don't know truth coming out or whatever. I don't think this was a, I don't think this was like a not an attack or like oh we don't want you anymore kind of thing. I think this was a this mutual decision, more for Nike I think than than Tiger, because I what I think is um, Jason Day has left Nike to go to Melbourne. Mm -hmm. Which is pretty cool. I, I do quite like that because Marvin is such a like a small brand compared to Nike, and it's kind of took taking the risk with them. But I think that by what I gathered, Nike want to leave the golf space. So within a mm. few years, or if that, they're going to stop producing golf clothes, which is a quite which is a shame shame because some of the best gear that I have is actually from like from Nike. The best t shirts best trousers, the most comfortable, you know, whatever. Um, oh, you love the shoes. I love, oh, mate. 
You love you know those Nike I'm, shoes. I'm glad that they're going to stop making golf apparel. Because the amount of money that I spend on shoes, <laughs> on golf shoes from Nike every single year is actually crazy. I am a but sucker seriously, for the like, limited why edition. Would Nike, why would Nike get out of golf? Because they're so like, people love that brand. And it's like, it's they've got some really well-priced, like entry-level stuff. They got some really cool collaboration stuff going on. They even got the Jordan golf stuff, right? Which obviously like I, Nike I agree. owns. I think that Nike is so big that the golf um, space that they're involved in is only a fraction of what they're actually interested in. So I think that they're not even like, they're like, it's not even worth our time. We're not making... Fair enough. We're not, we're only making a hundred million dollars a year when, when, you know, we should be making a billion dollars. I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, I don't think mm. it's, it's a, a worth their time. And I think within a few weeks or months, you will see R- Rory Brooks, Scotty Shuffler, uh, Tom Kim, all of these, Tony Fee now, which is a massive, obviously he's been with Nike for ages. Um, I think they're all going to be leaving. I don't know where they're going to go. I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of good homes for them to go to. I'm sure there'll be a bunch of people waiting to uh, to sign them up. Uh, but it's it's interesting. And it's it's a shame because you cannot imagine Tiger Woods playing golf without wearing a tick on his chest. Well, but funny enough, though, right? Like, obviously, you know, well, since his return, I think was it last year mm. right after his like accident yeah he's always worn nike shoes yeah like yeah. his black nike shoes yeah but literally since last year after his operation he started wearing foot joys and we spoke about That's this like on the day that that it happened i was like oh my it was like yeah. breaking news uh tiger woods and i genuinely believe i don't know i don't know i don't know i don't want to go too down that rabbit hole uh, what i was going to say was i genuinely believe that the foot joys genuinely helped Tiger Woods play better golf, or no? Sorry, it was he was it was more comfortable for him, right? Okay. But then again, Nike is literally a shoe brand. They can easily do- make the exact same shoe that foot that he was wearing with foot foot joy. Like it, I don't know. I, was it that difficult to make five pairs of shoes for for Tiger Woods? For him yeah, to do, I mean, like, come on, on look at feet? look at this. At this at 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 that level, right? You get bespoke shoes, don't you? Oh, like 100%. everything you have wearing, like you know, especially the ones that make a difference to your performance, you get it bespoke. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, the clubs are like prototypes. I bet you, like, you know, it's so easy to, you know, for them to mold a pair of shoes based on his exact shoe size and I, make I, it very I comfortable. Agree. There's no way. Whatever. Yeah. But like, but it's quite interesting. Like, do you reckon at that point? He knew he was going to leave Nike, or did Nike at that point knew that we're not going to start? Well, I don't know, because um, it's been like a year. It's been like a year, basically, right? I'm sure the decision for both parties has not been easy. Would he do that? I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. But I think that's a good question for like. You know, so, what do you think is next? Because, sure, like Tiger Woods can I don't know represent Titleist and. And uh, you know, for joy, but I just don't see that at all. I don't see that at all. Like it would be, it would be Titleist. It would Titleist is like it, it would be their wet dream to sign Tiger Woods to represent like you know Titleist, but it's not going to happen because he's got a contract with TaylorMade as well for his like equipment, right? So he's going to either start his own brand, which he already kind of has, right? Would you like me to tell you what's going to happen? I I already know what's going to happen. Go on. All right, you heard, it, you heard it here first. Okay, two things could happen. Number one, 
is he starts his own brand, maybe with like Rory McIlroy might join to start his own golf brand where he can do whatever he wants, or he will go down the route of the Jason Days and the um, uh, Roger Federer's of golf, of the sport, sporting world, where I wouldn't be surprised, and this would make more sense for me, because he's they're such busy, busy people, it's almost too much work for them to start their own brand. Like, you're going to need an, an absolute... The biggest team, you're going to need like 200 people to run this. Because if Tiger Woods tomorrow releases a T-shirt, it will sell out immediately. But that's not Tiger Woods behind the scenes setting up websites, setting up payment platforms, setting up. It's a whole team of people setting up all these stuff. And I think it's, it might be like too much stress for him to start his own brand. What I wouldn't be surprised of, of him doing, along with every other major golfer that's going to leave Nike is if they join up with a small brand and have some sort of ownership. Like, for example, G4. G4 is a great brand that just started... Well, I don't know how long they've been in the space, but recently they've kind of started making waves a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if G4 uh, signed, uh, I don't know, Scotty Scheffler. I'm, I'm just shouting a name. Or mm, Brooks Kepka. I, I could easily see Brooks Kepka with, easy, with G4, easy. right? And then... The, yes, G4 doesn't have the $100 million that Brooks Kepka wants, for example, because, okay, we'll give you $50 million, plus you're going to own 10% of the company. I think that's a decent deal. I swear that's what Roger Federer did. Well, also, with, like, with you know, that's what um, that's what um, John Rum did with Callaway. He exactly. has actual equity in the company, yeah. right? Uniqlo uh, deal. There you go. For, uh, the move to Uniqlo paid off, allowing him to become an investor in the Swiss performance footwear company uh, on and promote its shoes. And I'm, yeah, I'm pretty right. sure... I'm pretty sure Uniqlo was nothing before Roger and now he's like worth like a billion squazillion dollars. I'm not saying Roger Federer did all this. But if you got a half oh, decent, if you got a good product, huge amount of value. Huge amount of value. Exactly. Oh yeah, if you have a good product and then you put a, the face of the product that somebody that everybody loves with that product, it's just it's gonna work. There's no way it's not gonna work. It's not a gimmick. But, you, but no, but seriously, like you know, this is actually really good timing. Like you know, if if Nike if Nike were to basically like you know, say get out of the golf space, right? This would be such a good time for G four, right? Imagine you're signing Jason Day, Scotty Scheffler, Tony Finau, right? Yeah. Tom Kim. And these are like popular golfers. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, big people time. People across all ages, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And but then again, we don't even talk about Tiger, right? Because that's like a dip in gravy. Yeah. But we talk about all these players and all of a sudden they start wearing like, you know, their hats at G4, right? They start like going on campaigns, you know, with G4 branded goods. You can see their shoes and like, and I love their shoes. I wore, I wore my... um posh g4 shoes for the first time like you know in the range the other day like for new years and it, it feels great yeah. like loads of cushioning and it looks sick yeah. especially like you know you can look at the sole yeah so when people look at that like in on tv they're gonna be like i want a pair of those i agree and right now there's not a lot of diversity in terms of golf shoes in like the pga tour is there no it's basically like you're either playing with nikes you're playing with adidas or, foot or you're playing with um foot, foot, foot joys and it. the under armor which is uh jordan mm. spieth 
again. What else is there? I don't think there's anybody else. And plus, I think um, John Rahm has his own, like, you know, Cos- Cosmo de Dumo or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's nothing else, right? There's nothing that's actually really cool because yeah. you're either like, you know, the Nikes, right? And you have like, basically, they all wear the similar, like, you know, similar stuff, like monotone colored, um, you know, golf shoes. Um, some people wear the Jordans, which is like basically as fancy as it gets, like Tony Finau and the Licorda, mm-hmm. right? And um, the rest of them just wear like, you know, kind of boring foot joys. Typical, I know. Right? I get, and foot joys, they're okay. It's I mean, functional. they're comfortable. Like, I, I like foot joys. I really like them. Yeah. But, but like, not, they're not cool, are they? They're not no, cool. And no. what we're cool, looking at, like, the next, gener- no, no, but the next cool, generation of golfers. They're cool because gone. people like Tiger Woods made them cool. Yes, you but they're I mean? like it's cool not, for a different reason. Yes, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just by they, looking, they're cool. They're cool for like the clean, yeah, technical. I'm a single digit handicapper. Look. <laughs> yes, yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree. Like they're not cool, as in, oh, I'm gonna wear them to the nightclub. Yes, well, yeah. I don't know if you want that. I don't know if you want uh, to wear golf shoes at a nightclub. You know, I think the two Bro, separate I, things. I've worn, I've worn, I've worn my Jordan like golf shoes in nightclubs before. I think that's I'm probably hilarious. the first person in the world that's ever done that. It's it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I mean, yeah, go, going back to Tiger Woods leaving leaving Nike, I don't... It's like a bittersweet moment. I'm really, really looking forward to, 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 to see what, what Tiger Woods does next, along with Nike, mm. but I genuinely think Nike is going to just stop making all golf things, anything golf-related. But again, if you, they're looking for the bag, it's like... Do these companies like G4 have the equity and the money to be able to give to these players to make them to make it worth them coming over? G4 is only one of hundreds of like small, shall we say, brand uh, golf brands out there. There's so many like really really cool underground golf brands, um, and I'm glad they o- most of them only ship to into America, which is great for me because that's another one less thing that I'm, I'm spending money on. But yeah, it's it's really cool. I don't know if you know you 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 know Mr. Beast, yeah, the biggest mm-hmm. YouTuber in the world. He's gotten to the point where he is so big that brands literally cannot afford to pay him for for, for branding deals. So he's so big that that one year uh, budget that like um, brands have, they have to give to just Mr. Beast for one video. And the brands are like, we can't do this. So what Mr. Beast has, has done, he's gone out and started his own brands. He started like a chocolate, uh, I don't know, a, a burger thing. A, a burger a, chain. A burger yeah. chain, like uh, merchandise. And he's done all of this by himself. That way, all he's doing in his videos is promoting his own product. That way, he's not waiting for a third party to pay him or, or get the money that he thinks he deserves to get paid, which is fair enough because he's getting hundreds of millions of views on every video, whatever. So he's like, why am I going to promote your product when you can't really afford to pay me when I can just create my own product and then make triple of the, you know, the money. And I, again, I know it's a lot of work, but I, the only person that could legit start his own brand is Tiger Woods. But then again, it, he's so... He, he is already his own brand. Exactly. Like, so. look at... Scotty Scheffler wears Nike shoes that's branded after him. And, and <laughs> it's, yeah, Scotty Scheffler wears Tiger Woods shoes and Tiger Woods yeah. doesn't wear Tiger Woods shoes. It's mad. Exactly. But, it's mad. And he's the number one in the world. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> so what, what the, the, the way I'm looking at it, right? If Tiger Woods was like a 25-year-old golfer back in the day and he started his, his golf brand, yes, it makes sense. 
But now he's like 47, 48, on the back end of his career. I don't know if it's almost worth it for him to start his own golf brand. I think it's a bit too late. If Rory McIlroy has started his own golf brand, will it work? Is he that cool where everyone's going to be like, oh my God, we need to crash this website and buy everything? Because I don't know. Do, do you get what I'm trying to say? Like people want to yeah. invest in something that's cool. That's like, I'm proud to wear Nike because Tiger Woods wears Nike. I wear Nike because Tiger Woods wears Nike. I don't wear Nike because Rory or Scotty Scheffler wear Nike. Does, does that make sense? Obviously, 100%. it's cool, and I'm like looking, and I'm like, oh, cool, you know, they got Nike, and obviously, I love I love Nike because it's just a clean look on the professional golfer and the PGA Tour because there's no other branding, there's no, they're not covered in in logos and all that stuff, and I think it's really cool. But again, it's just that are these people apart from Tiger? Is there anybody that's as cool as Tiger Woods that can start their own golf brand, and it could legit be successful? It's it's no, it's I tough. I don't think a single person. No, I, it's really I think tough. it's really tough. There's there's too much money. Sorry, no. They're gonna spend too much money risking on if this is gonna work or not. Like it's not a guaranteed. Thing. So that's why I think like in a Tiger Woods is kind of stuck in a place where the only way he can move forward is create his own brand, right? And like focus on that because no brand like if Nike is gonna get out of like the golf business, yeah. Okay, there's Adidas, but Adidas like I don't know, like possibly Adidas, but that's like the no only, only one, the only other like you know no. big manufacturer who who has the budget to really afford Tiger Woods. I don't think you know Adidas like would, would I don't even it. think I mean Tideless can't afford them like just for the Foot Joy brand. Um, G Four certainly can't afford him. I don't think so. So it's, the, you it's, can't think about a single like large uh, like golf apparel brand that can afford him, which is I guess why Nike kind of like you know said goodbye Sonara in the first place because you know the market isn't big enough to pay him two hundred three hundred million every ten years. I agree, which ugh, it, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. I I no, think it's super interesting. It'd be interesting if like all these people kind of teamed together and, and made their own brand. That would be pretty cool. Like if Rory, Tiger Woods. I mean, look. Brooks I mean, Kepka. they already have that. They already have that golf league, right? Exactly. So it could be. It could very well be that they're going to focus the time on that golf league brand. And you already, you already are seeing like in terms of live golf, right? Each, I guess you know, each team is As, becoming yeah. a franchise, and they like you know they're selling all these crushers gears. Like every like you know every team is becoming its own brand. And, you know, that, what's it called again? TMRW Golf, yeah. like TG, TGL Golf League, yeah. could very well be, you know, a brand that Tiger chooses to focus on next and start releasing TGL branded apparel, shoes, yeah. whatsoever. I'd love to see, well, first of all, I would love to see Tiger Woods play golf, like, properly. I'd love to see him make a cut. I wonder what he... Uh, I can't wait for the first time now, after after today, see what he will wear on Sunday. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Very. I think... I mean, he's, he's going to wear red, isn't he? I mean... Yes. So is, it, is there such thing... This might be a dumb question. Is there such thing as, like, Tiger Red? Does Nike... I mean, this? Yes. So that's a shade of red, right? Does Nike yeah. own the copyrights to that specific shade of red that Tiger Woods wears. That's interesting. We can definitely look that Does up. Does Nike own 
的克拉。Um, nothing is coming up. I don't think so. I don't think so. It's like a you can own a specific own color. color. I think you no. Hmm. So what I'm thinking is Nike and um, Tiger Woods have left on such good note on a, such a good note. I wouldn't be surprised if Tiger Woods wears a different brand of clothing. But that is tiger red, like that specific shade of tiger red,、mm. and I don't think Nike would care if they own that color. No, just because of no, he's given you so much over the years. You've obviously given him a lot. You're going to get out of the space, so it makes no difference to you. Like who cares? Let the man wear that that specific red, because you can't imagine Tiger was playing golf on a Sunday and not wearing that that red shirt. No, you can't. Well,、so、but let's you know. Let's make sure he gets to play on a Sunday first.、Right? Yes. Yeah.、So、yeah. Yeah. Yeah. But again, what? Which I mean,、mm-hmm. again, just to kind of I guess cap this off, just kind of makes you think how crazy it is that Jordan, like, was like, can have such a long-lasting relationship with Nike, right? Has like such a huge brand. I mean, it's like a whole business case, I guess, right? Like how he was able to like utilize his fame, creating his own brand within Nike. I'm pretty sure there's like multiple case studies about this whole thing, right? But even to this day, the Jordan brand is such a Successful, right part of Nike that Nike can't just kind of spin off or do whatsoever like they did to kind of I guess think about Tiger Woods. But then again, basketball is a more popular sport, I guess, in terms、yeah. of viewership than golf. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's crazy.、Mm. It's crazy what what、uh, Michael Jordan has done for Nike. It's it's just Nike in general, man. It's pretty cool. Very very、mm. cool. Anyway, moving on.、Um, there's this challenge that I want to challenge you, Chenji, and you, the listeners or viewers. That I think everybody should get on board with this. I've seen a couple of people post about it on online, and I well, I say that I've seen one person, James Gregg.、Um, he is a radio. I want to say Radio Five host, and also he he's a commentator on the DP World Tour and PGA Tour. Very very cool.、Um, yeah, very very cool guy. I'm hoping to get him on the podcast soon. We'll see how that works out. He posted about this challenge that that he's going to start doing with his friends, and on the ba- on the flip side of it, I've actually seen Northern、uh, Ball Markers Dan, I believe his name is, which is another guy that I'm trying to get on the podcast.、Uh, we've been speaking with him, so it's basically called. I don't know if this is a new thing, or if if this is happening. It's been happening for ages, and I've just only just caught wind of it. It's called basically like a birdie challenge, where every time you get a birdie. You put it in a in a tally, and then at the end of the year, you've seen how many birdies you've made. So what I've done is I've downloaded an an app like a tally chart app, and I've created twenty twenty four golf rounds, and twenty twenty four birdies, gotten, shot for example. So every time I play golf, I'm gonna put that golf um, what do you call it that that a tally that marker I'm gonna put it up one, and every time I get a birdie, I'm gonna mark it down. My target is to have more birdies than golf rounds. Ooh, is that is、that's、that possible? Good, that's a pretty that's a pretty good challenge. Is that possible? I mean, one birdie each round, as you got to as you got to kind of witness at the golf, Rick Shields <laughs> birdie challenge, dude. It's it's, it's hard. Not, it's very hard for us. It is hard for our handicap. But hey, look, look, 
it's certainly possible, and you've certainly done it before, where you had three birdies in one game. So yeah, but that's so rare. One round. I don't know, man. I, I'm gonna try. So I've already started. I have uh, in 2024. I have one round under my belt with zero birdies. So, <laughs> so it's not going <laughs> off to it's, plan. It is. It is winter, right? It's a, it's a, it's like it's more difficult to score birdies in the winter. Yeah, yeah. Let's let, let's just say that. Let's use that as an excuse. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of I mean, scoring birdies that's going to be very challenging. That's going to be very challenging, but you yeah. know, I'm up for it. So download the, uh, so everybody listening, download the TallyChart app or even like a little spreadsheet on your phone or on Excel or something. Uh, mark down every time you get a birdie and every time you play you play a round of golf. At the end of the year, we will get we will bring this back and I will ask you Chenji and the listeners to get in touch. To, to let me know how many rounds you've played in 2024 and how many birdies you have gotten in 2024. The challenge is to get more birdies than golf rounds played in 2024. And what Northern ball markers are actually doing, which is actually really, really cool, you can go on the website now and buy this marker that's literally, it's a ball marker that is the, the, the shape of a bird. And it's got your name on it. And what you do is you buy it now. And then this time next year, you send it back to Dan at Northern Ball Markers and he actually marks, uh, he engraves 2024 and how many birdies you've gotten on that year. So, and then he sends it back That's to you awesome. and you've got a little uh, personalized ball marker with how many birdies you have gotten in 2024. And I think that's such a cool little thing. And that's pretty um, sick. I know it's pretty sick. So shout out to Northern Ball Markers. Um, I've actually recently bought a couple of bits from the website. You might have a present. You might not. I might reveal it in a couple of episodes. We'll see. It's pretty cool. That's what I'm going to say. That's what I'm going to say. You've got some presents coming your way, big man. <laughs> Speaking of presents, well, presents, I need to come see you and get that G4 stuff, dude, because I want to wear it. It's, li it's literally all there. <laughs> I need it's you literally to tell you how much there. money I owe you, and I need to come and collect it, dude. Plus interest. Plus interest. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's taking up space, valuable valuable space in your on your couch that you don't that, you know <laughs> on your I, I know exactly where it is 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 it on that um therapy couch that nobody ever sits on yep, yeah, yep. it literally is right next to it literally is right there yeah so uh <laughs> we've we got i got a, uh, a golf trip booked in a few weeks time i'm going to portugal in february in february yeah and uh I, I mean i wouldn't mind wearing one of them pairs of foot choice i mean look if somehow I don't see you in person, I'll get I'll just send this over to you. But like I'm sure I'll get to see you like in the next two weeks. Anyway. I hope so. I 100%. hope so. I hope so. We'll we'll figure something out. Either you come up or, sure. or I come down. Dude, I'm playing Hollingwell tomorrow. Have you, have, do you know Hollingwell? Yeah. Oh no no way. It's number forty seven in the top one hundred I didn't Wait, know didn't, this. Didn't, didn't you play the other day? I did. Is that your second <laughs> time? So well, I, why are you playing it again? Oh my god, it's like hundred and sixty pounds or something. No, no, no. It's ninety pounds is uh, winter fees. It's ninety pounds. Um and the reason why I'm playing against is because it's winter, dude. There's nowhere open in the Midlands. You know, Kibworth, which is Stiles Club, is not opening on. Is projected to open in March because the floods no were that bad. Because the, the floods flooding. were that bad, they they like it's it's unplayable. Everything is flooded, and by the time they've everything's dried out and they fixed the golf course, apparently they're projecting that it's going to be ready in March. That's crazy. I know. So I'm, I'm I'm googling like um, sand-based golf courses in, around, around oh, but my area to go and play, and obviously and we Hollywell played Hollingwell a few weeks ago. And tomorrow it's cold, but the sun's out. So I'm like, let's go play Hollingwell again. 
and uh, I'm look, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get my money's worth. I'm gonna go like four hours before my round, uh, and I'm gonna like go in the chipping area and, and practice and and just do some work because I haven't really touched a club over yeah. over the time that we haven't done a podcast. I haven't played any golf. I haven't done anything. So I, w- I want to get Dude, back into neither. the grind. So um, I mean, I was I did stop by like a, a seaside links course the other day, like last weekend. Uh, Rye Golf Club, which is near Rye, well in Hastings, right in the south coast. Dude, I, I saw incredible. that on this list. It's like top. I literally saw yeah, it on the top one hundred. Yeah, yeah, it's top one hundred. It looks incredible, man. It looks like you know straight out of a like a Scottish links course, and. I was walking on the wing. Basically, it was like a competition going on. It was like the annual, like a four-day competition. So the whole course was closed. And it's between like, it's an annual competition between uh, Oxford and Cambridge Golfing Society, basically. Yeah. It's pre- called the President's Putter. And uh, I was walking on the course in my fake Cambridge bag so I could blend in. Yeah, of and course. the conditions are amazing. Dude, like, you wouldn't believe that the, this was like in the middle of winter. Is this like, the old there course was or the Jubilee course? Or you don't know? Uh, the old course I, I don't know I mean there's two courses there but like I think both look quite sick but literally like the grass was dry yeah yeah, now, yeah. bearing in mind it's been raining for like a week dude right? yes co- why is it like, so difficult for golf clubs to have like sand based golf especially in England when all we get is rain how how expensive is it because it's no, because it doesn't. No, because it's not something that you can like. Unless you got like billions to like blow on sand, you have to depend on what the ground is actually like. You, you can't. You can't just what's it called? Change the geographical. Na- like you can't change nature. Like you can't change the land where it sits on. Hold on, dude. Like there's only there's only like different types of no. But the sand base doesn't mean that like you know you're building the golf course with sand. Sand base means that the that the ground where the golf course that you're building sits on. It's already is sand. A, is sand based, right? It's not like a clay or yeah. It's like a. It's like a. Geo, it's like a. What's it even called? Like you know, it's some geo. What's it? What's it? What's the word for it? Like geo, 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 like study of rocks whatsoever. Like geo, geology. Geology. It's some proper. It's some proper geology kind of stuff. What? Okay. Uh, hold on. Like North London, for example, there is no like North London. There is. It's it's a specific type of turf called North London clay. So in North London, you will not find a single golf course which is like sand-based, right? And those kind of sand-based, you can only find like you know cliffside and like you know the seaside, and um, you know and maybe if you find a patch of land like Hollingwell, like and you spend a lot of money on it, like yes, but making it sand, it drains better because you know that particular piece of land and soil and terroir is well okay i didn't i didn't realize that the base of the ground had to be sand obviously that helps out because you save money but i I I mean thought yes if you like sand down and then put imagine how expensive it is to lay like this thick this much sand yeah like on like a huge hectares like worth of like a golf course and that much sand like meaning this thick is not going to do anything for like in terms of drainage you need like proper that's interesting. We need to get um, Calamon from JCB and he can explain all of this in detail. 100%. That's pretty cool. I thought you just put like a little <laughs> sand, like just sprinkle sand on the floor and then you're good to go. I didn't realize you need like 20 feet of sand below that because that makes so much sense because then the rain hits the sand and then it just goes at the bottom. It doesn't mm. stay on top. <clears throat> so you need a lot of sand to make sure that the that all that water just goes to, towards the bottom. That's so interesting, dude. I just thought you exactly. literally spring. That just shows how much I know about all of this. 
Just go to the beach, yeah. shovel some sand, go back to the golf course, and lay it around. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, listen, mm. you learn something new every single day. But again, you know, it's incredible how much, how how well these like, you know, links courses train. And I would love to live, you know, by the seaside near one of those courses where the like, you know, where it's playable all year round. Yeah. But, you know. I've noticed that this year I've played way more golf over the winter than I've played any, any other time of my life. Right. Which is cool. But what's putting me off playing, I'm like, I can't wait to go and play golf tomorrow. I can't wait to go play. I've got my clothes ready by the, my bedside table. I've got my shoes and my clubs all clean. I've got everything's ready. And then I go there and I tee off on the f- on the first shot. I hit the first shot on um on a winter mat, which is cool. And then I go on the rough or in the fairway to hit my second shot. And as soon as I hit it and I realize that I'm losing my balance because I'm slipping all over the plate and it's all clay and it's all wet and muddy. And I'm like hearing this squish, squish, squish over my footsteps. I'm like, why the hell am I out here doing this, putting myself through this? This is not going to be fun. I'm not going to enjoy myself. It's just why am I here? Every single time. But if we had a sand-based course where, dude, when I, last time I played Hollingwell, it was raining for like four days in advance. When I got there, it was pissing it down with rain. I'm like, I just wasted 90 pounds here because we're going to go play and it's just going to be horrible. Dude, you can literally put your hands on the grass and the grass is not even really that wet. Anywhere else in the UK... You can't play. Like, you put your foot on the ground and your foot just kind of, the clay just kind of molds around your foot. I'm like, if only Hollingwell was saying that, I would love to know how much Hollingwell, I'm going to ask tomorrow, let you know next week, how much Hollingwell uh, m- membership is. I reckon it's in the, it must be five, six grand. I don't think it's going to be that much, but it's going to be very, like, it's going to be a, Exclusive. a long wait list to actually get in, right? So, how, um, I forgot what I was going to ask. What, what's membership at Moor Park? Like I think that the the top. most expensive one, if you're like you know top, like you know, if you're over forty, I think it's like four thousand pounds per year. Surely this top one hundred golf course is for, top fifty. It's forty seventh on the top one hundred list. It's more than four grand. I think it Walton would. Heath. Walton Heath is like three thousand five hundred pounds a like a year, and it's like top ten or something. Yeah, like yeah. That, I don't know, top twenty. Yeah. Right. Like. You'd be surprised how cheap a lot of these, like you know, expensive courses are. But they're exclusive, and the reason why the membership is so cheap is because visitors pay so much money to actually play there. Exactly. How much is a it's a normal round of golf at Moor Park without being a member or nothing or a guest? Do you know? I think one hundred and twenty pounds. Uh, yeah. Okay, one hundred and twenty pounds, and Hollingwell is one hundred and ninety pounds, hmm. which is a lot, man. It's a lot. Saying that, dude, Hollingwell. But I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, there's a lot of courses where like the memberships are cheaper compared to like the day rates, right? Like, it's weird. Yeah, I uh, um, Sherwood Forest. I don't remember now on top of my head. I think it's 120 or 140 pounds to play there. Obviously, yeah. the first time we w- we went to play, we went. It was 100 pounds back like two years ago. Had a horrible experience. I complained to the manager, and he ended up giving me a pass for four, and I mm. used it a few months ago. Shall I say? Um, and I can ge- I can genuinely say that it's actually worth 120 pounds, right? And I can genu- I can probably sit here and say that if you have 200 pounds to waste, a good place to waste it is at Hollingwell, dude. It's such yes. an incredible golf course. It's not like picturesque in the sense of mountains and views and water and you know all that stuff, but it's such a weird 
beautiful golf course where the golf hole is literally in between the ravine and in between the the, the mountain, shall I say, and the the green is just it's just a green and then it's just hills all around all around like that massive hill all around the green. It's proper. I don't. I can't even explain it. I'll take some videos. Um, I'll take some videos tomorrow. But it's such a nice golf course. I can't wait to play it tomorrow. Do you want to know how much Sherwood Forest is oh in terms God. of like annual membership? You will be so surprised. Go on. You wouldn't believe it. Have a guess though. Like just based on like the fact that they cost like 120 pounds a round. Well, I would I would say between three and four grand. <clears throat> be prepared to shatter your mind. Yeah. Oh my God! Here we go. Full male membership for the 22-23 year, which is what I've had, like, which is like the last year, right? Full membership, £1,418. If you are 30 years old, it's £1,046. If you're 25 years old, it's £672. That is so cheap. That makes sense. If you are, if you are like my cousin, who was like this, you know, I think I think he's I'm pretty sure he's single digit handicapped now. He's only ten years old. He pays eleven pounds a year. Il, as, a, what? Is that? as a junior golfer. Yeah. As a junior golfer, like an under ten golfer pays eleven pounds. Under thirteen golfer pays fifty three pounds. That's brilliant. See and that... if you're a university student, like, you know, let's say you yeah. study at you know University of Nottingham, you pay two hundred and eighty one pounds. It's That's it's crazy. Being a student member at Ashbourne is more expensive than being a student member at uh, Sherwood Forest. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't make any sense. I've, but it's got, crazy. I've got a friend that's a member at... Uh, a friend of a friend is a member at Sherwood Forest. And this friend, Corey, actually, he listens to the podcast. You, you, you know, you must know him. Yeah, um, yeah. Great, great, great guy. He said to me that if you go as a guest with this member, it's only £25 a round. I'm like, that's nothing, 25 And I'm like, dude, I'm going to rinse your friend dry this year. And he's like, yeah, 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 easy. no problem. But yeah, that, that's actually quite interesting. What you need to know is a member at Hollingwell, so that, you know, so make some friends, bro. Make some friends tomorrow, that's bro. That's your job, dude. I'm not good at doing this. Oh, you're, you're the friend guy. You're oh, the guy that just goes in and God. blends in. He's like, let me t- tell you about stock options. Uh, and everybody wants <laughs> to be your friend. <laughs> get the Chinese guy to blend in. Like, get no, the no way in Scotland, guy. mate. He's a minority. <laughs> get him in. Get He's him in. Bring him oh in. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, on that note, uh, thank you very much, guys, for listening. Uh, it's good to be back. Let's get back on this routine of doing a weekly podcast if we can do. That'd be great. Absolutely. And um, Season three. Season three. <laughs> legit. It's, well, legit. Saying that, pff, mate, it's, it's, it's gone so fast. Right. Anyway, Crazy. guys, thank you very much for listening. We will see you or listen watch you i don't know see you again next next week. i'm this is rusty listen the, the the intro was great if you're still listening at this point and you've heard that crap outro fair play to you fair, fair play we love you if you hear this you know if you hear this point happy new year hope 2024 is going to be incredible everyone's going to be a single digit handicap and okay <laughs> and everyone's going to have more birdies than they're going to play around so 2024 love it Take care, guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.